Good morning. In a few minutes, we are going to have back-to-school blessings and promotion Sunday Bible presentation. So you young folks, when you're called up, please bring your backpacks with you, okay, for children's sermon, when you come up for children's sermon. There is a meeting tonight of the nominations committee at 4 o'clock. I want to remind you that next week we'll welcome the Boy Scouts and we'll have an ice cream social that evening. And one more reminder, and that is that Suppers at 6 begin back in September. They'll be here before you know it. And the first one is uh, September the 3rd. So I hope you'll uh, mark your calendars and be, be part of that uh, fellowship time. Let us begin our worship. you. Let us pray together. Lord, we come here today because we can, because you have created this amazing world, because you've given us days and nights to live by. You have given us minds to make decisions and understand with, and hearts to fill with. 
and because we're lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Now you be seated and let any children here come forward with your book bags. If you don't have any book bags, that's all right. You come forward anyway. exciting week, isn't it? Yeah, what's going to happen that's so exciting? School. School. I know it. I know it. You love school? Well. Well, I am so glad to hear that. He likes to read. I used to have students that would tell me something totally different from that. This week you'll meet your teacher and you'll see friends you miss during the summer, and you'll probably make new friends. I imagine you have bought your school supplies already. What sorts of things are in your book bags ready to go? Pencils, glue, yes. What? Crayons, what is in yours? Paper. All those are very important things. Well, in this bag, I have some other tools that you'll probably need um, before you go to school. I'm going to put this down because they don't need to be. Able to. A towel, washcloth. Um, this is my handy travel brush. How cool is that? It has a mirror. And then my toothpaste and toothbrush. So do you use these things in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. And you put your toothpaste on the toothbrush. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's happening? What's happening? Way too much? You don't think that'll work? Well, then will you help me put it back inside? That's not going to work. <laughs> a tiny bit on your toothbrush. Not that. Or, but I can't put it back, can I? You got to wash it on the I don't have to wash it. Well, right now I'm just going to put that down. You know what? That toothpaste is like words. Words that we speak. Now, how can they be like words that we speak? Yes, sir. Exactly. Well, there's my whole little moments with the children this morning. Yes, she said it's like words because when they come out, especially if they're mean words, you can't put them back. Exactly. Whatever comes out of our mouth, we don't get do-overs, do we? And somebody can say, that's mean, you take that back. But we can't take that back, can we? So what do we do about that? How do we deal with that? You don't know. Well, let me tell you. A way to deal with it is we have to be very careful that the only words that come out of our mouths are kind words, friendly words. 
The Bible tells us that careless words, words that we say and without thinking, can cut like a sword. Does that make sense? They can hurt. And so we have, God wants us to be kind to each other. And he wants us to say things to make each other feel good. So this week, every day and then every other day after this week, in the morning when you look in the mirror and you wash your face and you dry it off and you comb your hair and you brush your teeth, you need to thank God for the opportunity to learn in school and for the chance to bless someone with kind words. No tattoos? Yeah, there's no rule at school, no tattoos. Well, that's a possibility. What's another way to deal with the tattoos? Wash it off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It can be a mistake. All right, we're going to have a prayer together, but we want you to sit here this morning for, because Miss Katie and Miss Page are coming to say something to you. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our many blessings. We thank you for our teachers and for the opportunity to learn. We thank you for showing us how to love each other and to be kind to each other. Guide us this week as we begin school and make new friends and see old friends. Help us to always say words that please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, this is a very special Sunday, and we have started a tradition several years back that we do back-to-school blessings the week um, prior to you starting back to school. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And you were invited to bring your backpacks this year. So if you did, I want all of you to stand and come right down here on the right below the first step. And if you brought your book bag, they're going to go on the altar right here just for the blessing. And then you can take it right back. So if y'all will stand, just stand up and walk right down here to this first step. And you can turn around and face me if you want to. Can I put your book bag down here? Okay. This blessing is for anyone going back to school. So if we have students of any age in the congregation or staff at a school, an administrator or a teacher, please stand and join us. This blessing is for you as well. Um, this. We got everybody here? Okay, great. Today we have before us backpacks to be carried to and from school by the children and youth gathered here. These backpacks will contain work to be done, work that's been returned, books to be studied, tools to complete homework, notebooks, pencils, pens, protractors, compasses, crayons, rulers, scissors, glue sticks, and other items used for schoolwork will find their way in and out of these backpacks. Some days, so much stuff will fill your backpacks that you might find it difficult to walk, but other days, they will be light and nearly empty. But on each and every day, these backpacks represent work required by the students gathered here. And as in every aspect of our life, we bring them before God for blessing at this time.
Let's pray. Gracious God, we lift to you today these students that stand here ready to receive your blessings and they commit themselves to study and learning in the school year ahead. We ask your blessing on each of them. Further, we ask your blessing on their backpacks. They will hold the schoolwork of each student and will be carried from home to school and back again. And as these students carry these backpacks, may they be reminded of the love and care of this congregation that surrounds them each school day. We also pray for the teachers and administrators in our schools. May they also be sustained by your blessing. May they be reminded that this congregation embraces their call to teaching and learning and surrounds them with love and care as well. We pray all these blessings and things in the name of Christ, who we seek to follow day by day. Amen. Amen. Have those, a great school year. <laughs> those in the congregation can be seated. And for the kids who joined us down front, we have some Smarties and some new pencils for you to take back to your seat with you and, and take back to school this week. You can help yourself and then go back to your seats. is recognize our rising third graders. Our church likes to honor them with a gift. Y'all can return to your seats after you get your gifts, okay? Our church likes to honor them with a gift, and that's a new Bible um, as they enter the third grade. So we presented a couple of those Bibles in our early service this morning, and we have one to present this morning and in this service. We're giving these students the Adventure Bible, and we've done that for several years now, and this is the Adventure Bible in full color. And I like to share the Bible verse that's inscribed on the front page before I give Sierra her Bible. It comes from Proverbs chapter 2, and it's verses 1 and 4 and 5. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So Sarah, you can come receive your Bible. And that is our prayer for you, and we hope you enjoy this as your gift from the church. Congratulations. lesson for today is from Romans chapter 11 verses 29 through 32. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too now have become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience, so that he may have mercy on them all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. O oh God, you are one God and you are our God and you have made us to be your people. And you bless our lives day by day. And we come in thanksgiving before you this day. We're reminded that by your mercy, we've been adopted as your sons and daughters. But we must confess how easily it is for us to forget that. How easy it is for us to forget that it is by grace and not any act of our own that we've been so blessed. And we ask your forgiveness this day, O Lord, and have mercy upon us for this and many sins that we have committed. By our actions and our words, we pray that we will show you uh, that we are striving with the help of your Spirit to take on the task that you have assigned to us. And that we will remember that uh, our first responsibility after focusing on you is to focus on others with love and care. We remember this day those who are part of our church family and our friends and our own family who are possessed this day from the weight of sickness that destroys the body and the mind and the spirit. We pray that you give hope to those who are hopeless and help us to be friends to the friendless. And we lift up to you all who may mourn this day. Oh God, we know that you hear us and we pray as your people calling and we pray as Christ taught us to pray, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
may be seated. Well, we continue in Matthew, and we're in chapter 15 and verse 21. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. And Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And Jesus replied, Is it not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs? Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your words, your blessings, and your grace that's available to us all. And we pray for us, each one, to have that persistent faith that this woman had. We pray in your name. Amen. Have you ever known someone whose character could be summed up in just a few words? Well, in our scripture passage today, Jesus says of this Gentile mother, you have great faith. He says what her character is right there. Now, what do we know about her? She was a Canaanite woman, which means she came from a country hostile to the Jews. We know she had at least one child, and that's the one she's pleading for. But you know, we don't even know her name. And all we have in the Bible of her is this single encounter where he says to her, you have great faith. You know, my friends, Jesus is an expert on faith. Now, he, doesn't, he didn't always find it, and he didn't find it in his disciples. Not once did he ever say to Peter or John or James, you have great faith. But he said it to this nameless mother from outside the house of Israel. Why did she deserve such praise from God? I think that's what we can learn today from this lesson. She deserves praise because, first of all, she crossed great barriers. It's hard for us to realize and to understand what a barrier it was to be simply a woman in the first century. She crossed that barrier. She wasn't even supposed to speak to someone like Rabbi Jesus directly, but she did. 
She also crossed the barrier of being a Gentile. In other words, she's not Jewish. She's not of their faith. But she still appealed to Jesus. And as I said, she was a Canaanite, which means she was an alien, an alien living in the land. But what we have is a mom who is so prepared to cross any obstacle to seek Jesus that she overcomes not only these barriers, but other barriers. And it makes me think that there's an important concept about faith that we all need to be reminded of, and that's this. Faith still requires that we make the effort to cross whatever barriers may stand in our way. Faith still requires that we make the effort that we don't give up, that we're persistent to cross whatever barriers may stand in our way. Now you may say to me, Joseph, we don't have any barriers today, but yes, we do. We have many barriers. We have the barrier of time, for example. We're often too busy with things of this earth to pay attention to the spiritual. We say we don't have time to worship God, to pray to God, to read the scriptures. Time is a great obstacle for us to seek Jesus. Culture, culture is a great obstacle for us. Does someone who never had a home, who didn't have a car, who ran around in sandals in a backwater part of the world 2,000 years ago, how could that person possibly understand the problems I face in this modern world? Culture tells us that he cannot. There's the barrier of pride. Sometimes pride's the greatest barrier of all. We, we sometimes are like a person who's drowning but refuses help. He even fights to rescue her. We let our pride get in the way of our humbling ourselves and coming before the Lord. Sometimes we let science be a barrier. You know, the doubting Thomas thing. If I can't see it, then I don't believe it. We face barriers just like she did. But she overcome her barriers. Why? Well, first, I think because she was desperate. I tell you, when you're desperate, you can find within you energy to do almost the impossible. She was desperate about her child. She had love for her child. And she had a vision. She had a thought process from wherever it might have come that Jesus could meet her need. And that's another thing I think we need to see, is that the measure of our faith is conditioned by what we see in Jesus. If we see and think that Jesus is the Lord, that He is our Savior, that He is our Creator and Redeemer, our Sustainer, if we have a high view of Jesus, our faith, I believe, will be higher. The measure of our faith is often conditioned by what we think we know or see in Jesus. Now, another thing I think it's important to think about with this lady, when, how, you know, when she come and listen, she really elicited a great praise from the Lord when he said, you have great faith. And I think it's because she was so willing not only to overcome these obstacles, but she refused to be intimidated. Think about it. She was not going to take the silence of Jesus or the disciples' rebuke. 
She was not going to let that be her last word. She was not intimidated. And I think oftentimes we're intimidated. She kept her persistence in the face of Jesus' silence. Oftentimes we give up our praying and our persistence because of the silence of Jesus. Nothing happens. We think Jesus doesn't care. We quit praying. We give in to whatever the situation is. Oftentimes we experience this rebuke that she experienced. Our families and our friends offer all their so-called advice. Sometimes most of the advice is you're not going to be able to fix this, give up on it, you can't help yourself, you can, nothing can be done, you just need to suck it up and bear it. And then finally, I believe the very behavior of Jesus was an intimidating factor to her, and it's also, I think, an intimidating factor to us. The behavior of Jesus when Jesus does not do what we think Jesus should do in whatever the situation But in the final analysis, it seems to me, what this woman did when she said to Jesus, help me, even the dogs get some crumbs off the master's table, she was in effect saying, I know I have no claim upon you. And I believe that that statement of humility is really what turned the situation around. You see, yes, she's very persistent. There's no doubt about that. But when Jesus told her that, she, she did not give up. She didn't burst into tears and walk away. And she did not claim that she had a right to anything that the Lord had to offer her. So many people today think that they have a right for God to do whatever it is they want them to do. So many people think that God or you and me owe them something. But she made no claim. She simply repeated it back to Jesus and said, That's true, sir. That's true. I have no right to something that you have just said is for the children of Israel. I admit I have no claim on you. That's what she was saying. But there must be a crumb somewhere. A little crumb that might fall off the table. That might fall off your table, Lord. That even the dogs and scurry around and eat. There must be some little extra piece of grace. And I'm appealing to you for that. No wonder Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. 
No wonder from that moment his, her daughter was made whole. You see, the woman possessed great faith, and that can see, be seen in her persistence over all her difficulties and all her temptation to give up and all the obstacles and opposition that might have been in her way. She conquered them. She did not let them stop her. She crossed every barrier. She persisted in her belief. And she appealed not to the children's food. She appealed to the crumbs. She appealed to the crumbs, the leftovers, whatever might fall from your glorious table, O Lord. And that approach in true humility, I believe, was being honored today in our Lord's response. You know, oftentimes people will say to me things like, how did it come you can believe the Bible? And I say, because of very stories like this. Because if you were going to write an account of somebody or an account of our Lord and Savior, you would, why would you ever put anything in there that might make him look in a bad light? When you first read that scripture, the first thing he says is, oh, that's, I can't believe that Jesus didn't even talk to her at first and then compared her to the dog sitting under his table. If this didn't truly happen, why would you put that in there? If you just wanted to show the glory and the greatness of Jesus Christ. No, it's in there for this very reason. It's in there for us to see and to understand that even the crumbs off our Lord's table that we do not deserve are precious, are precious in His sight and are available to all who come in humility, who come and cross all the barriers and persist in their belief. And finally, I think that this story talks about miracles. But it talks about them in a different way than usual. You know, we've just had the miracles of the feeding and then the miracle of the walking on the water. But here again is a miracle, and that miracle is this. That you must expect a miracle even when the whole world has given up. You must expect a miracle even when it is not for you. You must always expect that when you come humbly and persistently before the Lord that there will be a crumb even for you. Amen.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship, communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.